What's good, everybody? Mike here. You know, before we get into episode 150, I was planning on dropping episode number 150 by now. Uh, me and B. Jones, we had it we had it cooked up and ready. B. Jones had episode number 150 ready for me yesterday, which was Wednesday, December 2nd. I recorded episode 150 with my guy Bank on Monday, November 30th. And I had to do a lot of editing because I had to get this montage ready for you guys. But the thing about sports is, and the beauty of it is, something is always happening. Something is literally always happening. Yesterday, on a Wednesday, at 3.40 p.m. Eastern Time, we had a football game, an NFL game. We had the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Steelers. We had RG3 starting for the Ravens and throwing the ball to Des Bryant of the Ravens. Like, that's the most 2020 thing ever. You know what I'm saying? And it just goes to show you that things are always changing and always moving in sports. It's never a dull moment these days. Which leads me to my next topic before we get into episode 150. Last night, there was a swap between Russell Westbrook and John Wall. Yes, Russell Westbrook and John Wall. So I wanted to give, give my reaction before we hop into episode number 150. I prepared a really nice episode for you guys, so I hope you guys enjoy. But I had to at least talk about, I didn't want to drop episode number 150 without talking about this. Because it just wouldn't have felt right. Y'all would have like, Mike, Like it would have, it would have probably seemed like clickbait to some of y'all. So I'm going to talk about it. Last night, the Houston Rockets agreed to trade Russell Westbrook to Washington for John Wall in the first round pick. Now, my initial reaction was just like, wow, the Wizards actually traded John Wall because the general manager, let's let's rewind. The general manager, Tommy Shepard, has said weeks ago, we want to build around John Wall. I mean, we want to build around Bradley Bill, rather. Um, And understandably so, you know, Bradley Bill has been healthy. He's also been very consistent. And last year, Bradley Bill, to be honest, he had the best season that a shooting guard could have last year. He, he was remarkable, snubbed from everything, all-star and all-NBA. He was snubbed from all of that. But the real ones know that Bradley Bill was amazing last year. He, 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 was, he was amazing. You know, he was scoring 40s and 50 balls, and, you know, he was tremendous last year. And, you know, if I'm the GM... You know, of course, I, I would probably say the same thing. Tommy Shepard wasn't wrong, but John Wall apparently took offense to that and requested a trade. He then denied their trade request. He did his Thanksgiving drive in D.C., his annual Thanksgiving drive, as he always does. And, you know, he was asked about it, and he was saying no comment. And next thing you know, boom, he gets traded. Now, we've seen evidence of a general manager saying, I'm not going to trade a player. Uh, I think the most recent example was at least for a superstar type of player or all-star type. I remember in the NFL, let's just say this. I remember when Dave Gettleman said, we didn't sign Odell Beckham to trade him. So whenever a general manager says, you know, we're not going to trade somebody, you got to take that with a grain of salt because First and foremost, these professional sports, these teams, these organizations, it's a business first. They're going to always do what's best, at least what they think is best for business. It's a business, you know, nobody's untouchable, you know, whether, whether you know, they say it or not, nobody's untouchable. You know what I'm saying? I feel like anybody in any professional sport can always get moved for the right price. And 
Apparently, that's what that's what the Wizards organization deemed as the right price. Getting Russell Westbrook in return. And, you know, Russell Westbrook is definitely the better player. You know, you can say what you want about him. I, I think any, any guy that won an MVP award was at least a superstar at one point. He still has the superstar ability. Although, he, you know, he can't really shoot the ball well. And, you know, people say he's a bad teammate. He ran KD out of town. He's a ball hog, whatever. You know, Russell Westbrook is good for business. He's a box office type of guy. And I think this is another trade where I think it works out for both teams. It works out for both teams, man. It's, it's a breath of fresh air. Russell Westbrook gets out of the West. He gets out of that gauntlet of point guards. You know, your Stephen Curry's, your Chris Paul's. Your Damian Lillard's. He gets a break. He gets a change of scenery. He comes over to the East where he can still be, you know, an all-star every year. You know what I'm saying? For John Wall on the flip side, he gets to go to Houston. He Apparently, he requested a trade. He gets to go to Houston. Uh, he's going to be teamed up with James Harden and DeMarcus Cousins. I think, you know, if John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins could stay healthy, this will work out absolutely tremendous for the Houston Rockets. And... You know, you put a pass first point guard around some shooters. You know, they got Daniel House still. They got Eric Gordon still. James Harden, obviously. They got they got P.J. Tucker still there. They got pieces. You know what I'm saying? So, it's going to be very, very interesting. I'm not going to say anybody necessarily won the trade. We haven't seen John Wall play in two years. We haven't. But we've seen what Russell Westbrook has been like. We've seen the best of Russell Westbrook. We've also seen uh, the worst of Russell Westbrook. So, I, I'm not a Wizards fan, so this doesn't really hurt me emotionally. My dad, uh, he likes the Wizards. He supports all the home teams. He was he was kind of bothered. If I were, I will say this: if I were the Wizards, I would have wanted to run it back at least one more time with John Wall and Bradley Beal, just to see what I got with a healthy John Wall, a fully healthy John Wall, because John Wall has said on the record, you know, he was playing with a bone spur in his foot for all these years. You know, he's been playing hurt. And now he says he's fully, fully healthy. So I would have at least took him at his word. Maybe maybe go to the trade deadline at least. But I would have definitely tried to run it back. But like I said, man, you know, the NBA is a business first. You got to do what's best for business. The Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill dynamic is something interesting to see. I don't know how it will work. Um, I think anything could work with Russell Westbrook if he changes his game up a little bit. But... You know, Russell Westbrook is that alpha type of guy. I don't know if he'll necessarily defer, but we'll see, man. We'll see how Russell Westbrook acts, and we'll see. I like it for both teams, and we just got to see. So, for all of you guys, uh, this has been the long... You guys have been waiting a long time for episode number 150, and I'm very, very excited for you to hear it. On the first half, you will see me and the 15-year-old Phenom Bank. And, well, the first half is going to be, like, the first 10 minutes is my thank yous and my shout-outs to everybody. So, uh, please check that out. I definitely name-dropped a lot of you guys. I love you guys. And I really, really appreciate all you guys for the support. So, then after that, you get into the episode with me and Bink. We're talking about, you know, some more current things in the world of sports. Uh, we're talking about Week 12 that just passed in the NFL. A little bit of NBA. A little bit of college basketball. And then you're going to hop into the Curry in the Pot montage where you hear the best moments of Curry in the Pot and the history of Curry in the Pot. And that's going to be it, man. So thank you guys so much. I had to drop this on you guys. A lot of people will probably, if I were to drop this episode, it wouldn't have felt right without talking about this. So enjoy episode number 150. Peace out. Be
and Steph Curry with the shot. Ben cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. What's good, everyone? It's your boy Mike here, and this is episode number 150. So I want to present to you episode number 150. I want to thank everybody for the consistent love and support. A lot of you have been rocking with me ever since day one. A lot of people have been rocking with me since day two, day three, day four, and that's fine. Um, the, the goal for this podcast is to continue to grow, continue to attract more listeners, more viewers, and hopefully be on the big stage one day. But I really, really appreciate everyone for all the love and support. And before we start episode number 150, I just wanted to come in and do some quick shout outs and some thank yous to some very, very important people. So first and foremost, man, I want to thank God. I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because um, without God, none of this is possible. And yeah, so I got to I, I got I to thank the Lord. Um, second, I want to thank my mom and dad. Uh, my dad more so in terms of the podcast aspect, because he's the first person that introduced me to sports. And we talk about sports every single day, every single morning. And it's it's an ongoing day-to-day thing. We always talk about sports all throughout the day. So, Dad, thank you. I thank you for all of your you know knowledge on sports, and thanks for helping that trickle down to me, and thanks for sparking that passion inside of me. So, thank you so much, Dad. Uh, to the important people for the podcast, man, I wanna I wanna thank my guy. Shout out to my guy B Jones. I say this every single time he comes on the show, but. Without B. Jones, none of this is possible. It really isn't. He wasn't the first person to to tell me to start the podcast, but when I pitched the idea to him, he told me he would be behind me 100%. And that you need that. You need that type of support when you're starting a business, when you're starting a brand, the clothing line. You need someone in your circle to help. To help, and you just need at least one person to believe in you. And B. Jones was was one of the people that definitely believed in me, and he saw the vision that I had. So, B. Jones, I want to thank you so much. I say this every single time, man, but without you, none of this is possible, and I really, really mean that. You do so much work behind the scenes that people don't even know. B. Jones is the person that's responsible for the lie from the 301 live from the pot. B. Jones is responsible for that. B. Jones is also responsible for the background music. B. Jones also has a big input on some of my ideas. And I just want to thank him so much, man. I'm trying not to get emotional, but I really, really appreciate every single thing that he does because it's not possible without him, man. So B. Jones, you already know where we stand, man. I appreciate you so much, my guy. I also want to shout out to my guy Sean McCleary and my guy Jabari Cooper. Those were the first two people to tell me to actually start a podcast. And I told the story before, but one day we were in the chat and we were talking and uh, Sean was like, you should start a podcast. I'm like, oh, whatever, bro. I ain't, ain't starting a podcast. Well, listen. And then Jabari, he says like a couple of weeks later, we're having another conversation about sports. He's like, yo, you should start a podcast. And Sean's like, see, see, see. So I'm like, all right, man, I'll just start the podcast and we're going to start it. And that's how I started it. I talked to B. Jones about it. But shout out to my guy, Kendall. Kendall gave me the first microphone. He gave me the blue snowball microphone. I used that. And then he let me trade the blue snowball back to him for the blue Yeti microphone. So shout out to my guy, Kendall, uh, a.k.a. Kenzo on YouTube. Shout out to him. 
Moving on, shout out to my guy Darius. Darius told me back in high school that my voice needed to be heard in terms of sports. And he's always been there, you know, through everything. He's a constant listener, consistent listener. And he definitely, we talk about sports all the time as well. So shouts out to Darius. Moving on, I want to shout out to my guy Jalen Hunter, host of the Unpopular Podcast. We grew up in, uh, went to the same church growing up. And, you know, we, we, we talked about sports back then. But, you know, I ended up going to a different church, but we ended up, uh, you know, keeping in contact and we followed each other on social media and we just started to talk and I had him on my show a couple of times. He's had me on his show, the Unpopular Podcast, a couple of times, man. He'll tell you, uh, he seeked me out um, when he when he was starting the Unpopular Podcast. He definitely reached out to me and. And I definitely, you know, share some things that I know. I don't know everything, but I definitely shared a lot of stuff with him. And shout out to him, man. He's doing his own thing, man. Definitely go check out the Unpopular Podcast. Uh, shouts out to Takira Carter. She's the first female guest to ever come on the show. And I, I love Ty so much. I really, really appreciate her. She's the best. Um, I love her perspective. I love her energy. I love Ty, man. She she's so she's so she's so good at what she does, man. She does a whole lot of things, and I I just love working with Ty, man. She's such a great human being. Uh, but shout out to her, man. She does some stuff with the WNBA right now and some stuff with overtime. But shout out to her, man. She's the goat. I tell her all the time she's the goat. Uh, moving on, shout out to my guy Zeke back in uh back out in Cali, man. Shout out to my guy Zeke. I actually met Zeke on Twitter. I told the story before as well, but I met Zeke on Twitter and it was when Luke Wallen was coaching the Lakers and the Lakers, they were playing all right. And then like I found, I dug up like an old tweet and he said, they, they won't do anything on Luke Wallen. And I commented, LOL. Next thing you know, we follow each other, start talking to each other, man, end up playing PlayStation together. But that's a good dude, man. That's a really, really solid dude. And I met him in person, but... You know, that's the power of social media. You can network and, you know, establish connections with people just about anywhere in the world. So shout out to my guy, Zeke. Also, shout out to my guy, Xavier Wary. He was, I was introduced to him by Miss Takira Carter. And he has a show that he just, he just kind of retired. I don't know if he might bring it back one day, but it was the Other Side Podcast. And Shout out to Zay, man. He has a, another guy who's like-minded, and he has a huge passion for sports. And, you know, right now he's trying to work on the business side of that stuff. But shout out to my guy, Xavier. Um, thanks to Ty for introducing me to him. And we definitely established uh, a friendship. So shout out to my guy, Mr. Xavier Wary. Let's see. Shouts out to my guy, Bink, uh, the 15-year-old phenom. I love him. I love his energy. He's really the little brother that I never had. And I love having him on the show. He's just one of those guys that always hits you with this and with that, with this and with that. And I'm like, Pink, I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to talk about this. And then he'll come back with the, see, I told you so. We should have did this. We should have did that. But Bink is my guy, man. He always goes with the flow. He's definitely that. He can be annoying sometimes, but it's like the, it's like the, it's like the love annoying. You know what I mean? Y'all know, know what I'm talking about. It's like that. So shout out to Bink. I definitely love him. Definitely love having him on the show. And I've had him on the show since he was 13. And he's getting older, man. I've known him since he was 11, but he's getting older. 
He's getting up there, man. He's doing this thing on TikTok. Uh, does some sports stuff on TikTok. I believe it's called Through the Whistle on TikTok. So shout out to Bank. Uh, he definitely loves sports. I feel like I'm sparking his mind. I feel like I'm I'm giving him game that I didn't even have at that age. So I'm glad that I'm able to impact the youth. And yeah, I'm, I'm just glad I'm able to do so. A shout out to all the people I've had as guests. So that is, oh, shout out to Courtney Tate as well. I love her. She's doing her thing. Uh, working, I think she's working in New England. I think Massachusetts. I think she's up there. Uh, shout out to Courtney Tate, but shout out to everybody that's been on this guest. Sakira Carter, Jalen Hunter as well. So I just mentioned uh, Bank, uh, Xavier Wary, uh, B Jones, of course. Shout out to my dad. Shouts out to Mr. Mark Tillman. Shouts out to Adrian Branch. Shouts out to James Ro James Robinson. Shouts out to Terrell Willis. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Um, but thank you, thank you so much to everyone that's been rocking with me. Uh, shout out to all my listeners, my big listeners, my cousin Janisha Jacobs. She's always tapped in, she's always tuning into the show. I had to shout out to her because she's probably she's probably my biggest listener. At least she, she will always tell me when she listens and give me feedback. But shouts out to everybody that shows love and support. Y'all know who y'all are. It's too many people to name, but I really, really appreciate everybody this show love and thank you thank you so much we have reached episode number 150 this is a huge milestone for me and just thank you from the bottom of my heart i will continue to go hard and i promise i will go hard i won't stop the current power will only get bigger but thanks to everybody that's been rocking with me and yeah enjoy episode number 150 on the first half you have me and bank we're talking about NFL, NBA, just normal sports stuff that's going on right now. And then the second half is going to be occurring to pop montage. So I hope you guys enjoy that. It took me a while to compile. It's some of the best moments in the history of occurring the pot. And it starts from the origin, the very beginning, and up to where I'm at now. So enjoy. Thank you, guys. Thanks to everybody that's been support supporting me. I love you all. Enjoy episode number 150. Live from the 301, live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 150 of Curry in the Pot. That is episode number 150, man. 150. And we're finally here, man. I know it's been, I've took a little bit of a hiatus, man. I took like a couple of weeks off, man, just to get my mind right, just to get fresh man I, I wanted to do something well I still have something planned special you guys will obviously see when this drops but I, I wanted to do something else then I ended up maneuvering to another idea with the help of some others and I'm just blessed man I'm just extremely blessed to be here to be in front of you guys and you know it's so great to be 150 episodes in it's it's I, I can't even believe I'm here I really can't, man. The average podcast only lasts seven episodes, and I'm way beyond that, man. I'm at 150. I can't wait to get to episode 200, 250, 300, and so on and so forth. So I just want to thank my audience and shout out to all of you guys. And I really, really appreciate all of you guys, man. It's definitely been a journey, and I feel like we're just getting started, though, man. But I got a lot to talk about, man. I'm definitely going to add something to the beginning of the episode and obviously to the end of this episode. But right now, man, I am joined by no other than a fan favorite. Everybody loves this guy. 
I was trying to figure out who to do the episode with, man. I talked to Takira Carter. She said, why don't you do it with Bing? I talked to B. Jones. B. Jones said, you can just do it with your dad or you can just do it with Bing. So I said, you know what, man? Bink always loves to come on, man. He always loves to give a different perspective. So why not have him on for a very special episode, man? And without further ado, man, I want to welcome back the 15-year-old phenom, Bink. So, Bink, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Just school. Um, thanks for having me on episode 150. For sure, man. For sure, man. So we got a lot to talk about, man. Let's go ahead and not waste any more time, man. Let's 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 take a bit of a deep dive, man. So I want to talk about week 12. It's not officially in the books because we got a lot going on, mainly due to COVID. And we still have a Monday night game that kicks off tonight. And that is between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks. But overall, man, my impressions of week 12, things have been interesting, man. We, you know, we see teams like the Bucks go on a, a three-game losing streak. We see the Kansas City Chiefs appearing to be dominant again. We've seen, you know, some other teams that we're not, you know, super, super sure about, man. Uh, you know, the Rams, they just lost to the 49ers. I didn't find out till last night that that's the fourth straight time that Kyle Shanahan is beat Sean McVay. And, you know, we had the Titans dominating the Colts. Let's just let's just go talk about it real quick, man. I know you watched plenty of these games. Obviously, yeah. Thanksgiving just passed, so I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and made the best of it. You know, due to COVID, you know, things are, you know, extremely different and times are, you know, very, very different. But hope everybody enjoyed themselves, man. We did have some football games. Obviously, one got moved and it got moved twice, man. That is the Ravens and Steelers. I'll talk about that in a minute. But we had the Texans taking on the Lions, man. And Bink, we've been talking about it, but Deshaun Watson, he's been absolutely sensational. I'm not going to really jump into the box and all of that, but Deshaun Watson has looked great, man. He's having the best season of his career. Uh, you know, that is without DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, he's looked great, man. He's looked exceptional. Definitely been looking like a top five quarterback. Just give me your overall thoughts. Not so much on the game, but just about Deshaun Watson. I know you talked about it on your TikTok, but just talk about Deshaun Watson real quick. What have you seen um, his development and, you know, his progression? Man, he's, he's looked amazing, man. That's my guy, too. Deshaun Watson has been great this year. Not only this year, in this specific game, I believe he threw for around four touchdowns, two of them to Will Fuller. I thought losing DeAndre Hopkins would honestly be a detriment to his performance this year, but he quite, you could say he improved this year behind mm-hmm. one of the worst offensive lines in the league. One of the, I wouldn't say the worst, but one of the worst receiving cores in the league. And I think there's only two guys I would put in front of him right now, and that's Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Yeah. I don't I don't necessarily think his receiving core is bad. It's just, it's a bunch of inconsistent guys. And, you know, guys that get injured a lot. You know, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb is out. He's on IR right now. They and they just, they just cut these deals. Yep. So, they, they, I mean, it's not a bad receiving core, but it's, a, it's just a bunch of you know, wild card type of dudes. But I got to really shout out Deshaun Watson, man. He's looked incredible. On the flip side, man, (laughs) you know where I'm going with this. The Lions, they just fired Matt Patricia. I think it's a little too late for that. But I guess, you know, better late than never in this instance. They also fired their GM. What do you make of that? I... I don't understand. I don't even understand why they fired Jim Caldwell. I don't understand how you have more losses than your previous coach in two less seasons, two and a half, well, one and a half less seasons, technically, than him. Um, Matt Patricia is just a bad coach. I really don't know much more to say about Matt Patricia, but 
I don't really get why teams. I get why teams fire their GM, but I don't think the Lions GM put them in a bad spot at all. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he did either, man. It's not like they were overpaying guys and stuff like that. They didn't, you know. It wasn't a, a Texan situation. I wanted not at all. to just beat them, but let's move on, man. For the next game on Thanksgiving, I know you don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> But uh, we had the Washington football team at the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Obviously, the NFC East is has taken a turn due to the multiple injuries of, you know, many stars, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys, Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants. The Eagles have a bunch of clustered injuries, including Brandon Brooks, um, Lane Johnson, Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz, so on and so forth. And then you have the Washington football team, who is on their third quarterback this year, Alex Smith. You know, they originally started with Dwayne Haskins. Then Kyle Allen took over for him. Kyle Allen got hurries out for the season. And they have Alex Smith, man. Good old Alex Smith, 36 years old. And he hasn't looked great, but he's looked like a game manager. Obviously, you know, he's came off a you know a very catastrophic injury. And but he but he's been solid, man. But in this particular game, I don't. I mean, obviously the box score indicates that the Cowboys lost badly, but to their defense, I think I think we saw a lot of bad coaching. We saw fake punts. We saw the Philly special, both a Philly special attempt rather. We just saw stuff that gave them very poor field position, and you know the the football team. I'm sorry, actually capitalized. Just about on every Dallas Cowboy mistake. Uh, Bink, what's your takeaway from that game? Obviously, Antonio Gibson had a big game. Uh, the football team D-line was able to play well. Chase Young got a sack. Tim Settle got a sack. Montez Sweat got an interception. But what are your takeaways from that game? And what are your takeaways from the NFC East as a whole? Um, Like you said, from this game, coaching was a big aspect in it. I mean, if I, the box score makes it seem like the defense played bad, but when you're giving up constant drives in your own territory, I don't know how your defense can play good. I mean, mm-hmm. even though we know the Washington football team offensive line is not that good, but the Cowboys defense was out there every time I turned my head up. And there's <laughs> nothing much. much you can really, there's <laughs> nothing much you can really do with that. I mean, Antonio Gibson played great. I don't want to say anything bad about his performance, but it's just like, oh, God, I miss that Prescott as a Cowboys fan. Sure, but man. the NFC East, but the NFC East in general, it's, it's, it's pitiful, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, 7-9 definitely wins it. Uh, let's move on uh, to the Sunday slate. Not going to really talk about too many games. We had the Dolphins and Jets. That's something I'm not really interested in talking about. The Jets fall to 0-11. The Dolphins improved to 7-4. We had a very, very interesting game in the 1 o'clock window. We actually had a bunch of interesting games in the 1 o'clock window. But one in particular is the Patriots and Cardinals. I didn't know how this game was going to go. It started off bad with the Cam Newton interception as he was hitting, as as he was throwing on his very first pass. Um, But the Patriots, they didn't give up, man. They didn't give up. Looks like they were able to pretty much contain the Cardinals offense, holding them to just 17 points. And I thought if they were to win this game, it would, and the score would, you know, end up like this. A final score was twenty to seventeen. What do you make of this one? Um, Bill Belichick just had a game plan for Kyler. I mean, they picked off one of his passes. Um, Cam mm-hmm. Newton didn't play particularly great, but he played good down the stretch, good enough for the win. 
and the Patriots, they're they're really quiet, but they're they're gonna be a tough out for many of these teams down the stretch. And they probably they more than likely won't make the playoffs, but we've seen teams in the AFC wildcard race drop games, like the Dolphins last week to the Broncos or even the Raiders this week to the Falcons. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they can make mm. it, even though it's just a very slim chance. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Uh, the next game we had on the slate was the Vikings and Panthers. Don't really have too much on this game to talk about. Final score was 28 to 27. Kirk Cousins actually led a game winning drive, but both of these teams, they're not going to make the playoffs. So I don't really want to talk about them. Uh, next game we had was the Browns and Jaguars. Uh, the Browns, they hold on and they improve to eight and three. What a time to be a Cleveland Browns fan. I think their schedule is relatively easy though, but eight and three is what they improved to. The game that I do want to get into is the Titans at Colts. The final score in this one was 45 to 26. What do you think of the Titans absolutely destroying the Colts? I know the Colts were banged up. The Forrest Buckner was out. Bobby Okenriki was out. They had a few guys out, man. And the Titans, they just took advantage. And they never looked back, pretty much. They never looked back, man. Derrick Henry was a monster on the ground. Uh, what do you think about this one? What, what was your takeaways, rather? Um... And it's not, I didn't really think much of the Colts. I mean, I predicted them to beat the Packers last week, and they actually did end up doing that. I did but too. it's just like the, the Titans did what a good team is supposed to do to a team that's hurt and a division rival, and that's beat them and not only beat them, embarrass them. Derrick Henry had three touchdowns in the first half. I mean, mm -hmm. and the Colts did embarrass see, the Titans in that Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago. So you could definitely say the yeah. Titans got their revenge. Yeah, I mean, and they didn't have any of their run defenders. Like you mentioned, Bobby Okorigi was out. Um, DeForest Buckner was out. But Darius Leonard played his best he could. I mean, mm -hmm. he's, if he didn't get hurt, I think we could be talking about him as a defensive player of the year candidate this year. For sure. Uh, the next game we had on the slate was the Giants-Bengals. Not really going to talk about that one, man. But the Giants did lose Daniel Jones in that game to a hamstring injury. We... We don't really know what's going to happen with him. He may miss a few weeks, but we'll just have to see. You know, hamstrings are definitely tricky. They held on and they win 19-17. Uh, they're still in first place due to the two wins over the football team. They're 4-7. and seven. Uh, Next game, we had the Chargers and Bills. The Chargers are really good 3-8 and eight team. I'll say that, man. Um, they had some mistakes. And they definitely had some opportunities to, to, you know, to capitalize and even – Put themselves in position to win. Uh, they had some crucial turnovers in this one. Uh, the Bills, to me, they didn't play great, but they did enough to win. And the final score was 27 to 17. You got any thoughts? I, I kind of want to move rather quickly, but you got any thoughts on this one? Yeah, just very quickly. I just thought Anthony Lynn's coaching can come into question this game. I yeah. mean, they went for it. They went for it multiple times when they were in their own territory. But when it came down to, I think it was a around the it was like 10 to it was 14 to 27 and they were in they were deep in bill's territory they were like inside the 10 yard line and then then there's a fourth down there and then you decide to kick a field goal instead of going for the touchdown and it was like fourth and goal from the two yard line so it's just like i don't know i just question anything when in this game yeah um understandably so they even ran it uh late in the game like you said like Anthony Lynn was just kind of tripping um, next game we had was had an absolute blowout in a game that I, I still haven't really made sense of. I woke up this morning and was still shocked at what transpired, man. We had the Atlanta Falcons 
I'm not shocked that the Falcons won. I'm shocked in the way that they won the game. This game was never, it was never close. It was four, the final score was 43 to six. The Raiders, they didn't show up. I know you always got to be wary of a West Coast team traveling east and playing at one o'clock, but I just don't get it. I just don't get it. They, they weren't prepared. The Falcons didn't have Julio Jones, nor did they have Todd Gurley. I just don't really understand what like, the Raiders in my eyes, they're frauds, man. They fooled me um, with those games against the Chiefs. They beat them once. I um, played a hell of a game last week last week um, on Sunday Night Football. I, I, I just don't know what to say about the Raiders anymore, man. Not that the Falcons are bad because they're 4-17, but... You know, Falcons definitely, they could easily be, you know, a 6-5 and five team, if we're being honest. But what were your thoughts on this one? I thought this game was going to be way closer than the final score says. I absolutely. mean, the Raiders got absolutely embarrassed, and they were turning the ball over left and right. John Gruden's coaching could come into question in this game. On the first drive of the game, it was a fourth and one, and you run a toss to Josh Jacobs, a power running back. That just doesn't make sense to me. And as we, as you were just speaking, it just came across my phone that Will Fuller has been suspended six games for a violation of PEDs. Oh man! Oh man! I got so that's a big blow for the Texans. Wow, that's crazy! Ain't no wonder he had two touchdowns the other day. <laughs> All right, let me stop. <laughs> um, next game we had the Rams and 49ers. Now the 49ers is not mathematically out of the race. But I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, this is a team decimated with injuries. Uh, Garoppolo, he's out, right? He's yeah. out. Um, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Kittle. Kittle. They have a they have a multitude of guys out. Raheem Mostert did just come back yesterday, but he was out. Tevin Coleman's out. They've had a bunch of injuries. Brandon Ayuk uh, was on the COVID list, I believe. Or he was out. Debo Samuel was even spent time on the COVID list. Debo Samuel was out. Trent Williams was on the COVID list a couple of weeks ago. It's just been, it's been a tough year for them. But I do want to give them credit for still being competitive, man. They, they, you know, they beat the Rams twice this year. Um, they, they've been playing some solid ball, man. The 49ers is a team that I can never really count out. Uh, I think next year they'll probably be even better um, just because... And I had them taking a step back, but they're going to get so many guys back healthy. Uh, Richard Sherman just came back. So they've, they've struggled with health and stuff like that. But they've still been, you know, in the mix, man. Five and six. Obviously, like I said, they're not, you know, officially out of it. But, you know, every team in their division is ahead of them. But I, I, I do like this Kyle Shanahan team, man. They, they did beat the Rams. So, like I said, Kyle Shanahan beat... Sean McVay four times in a row, so he definitely has his number. Uh, what do you make of this one? Um, that the 49ers will fight tooth and nail until they're mathematically eliminated from playoff position. Sure. I mean, if a couple things go their way, um, they have another game against the Cardinals, who are currently in the last spot in the wild card. If they could win that game, the Cardinals only need to lose one more time. And the 49ers, if the 49ers beat the Cardinals and everything just plays out regular, the 49ers can easily make the playoffs. Yeah, it's definitely not over for them. Uh, next game. Saints Broncos don't really want to talk about the actual game. I want to talk about what led up to the game. Obviously, Saturday we got word that every quarterback on the Broncos got COVID and they were in close contact with someone in the uh, QB room. So obviously, all those guys couldn't couldn't play, and they had to go to a practice squad receiver. Was it Kevin Hinton? Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton. That's right. I knew the last name was Henson. So Kendall Hinton 
They had to go to him. Practice squad receiver who played QB in college. They had to go to him. And he had to start for them. Obviously, 2020, the year 2020 has been a year like no other. And with this COVID, man, I wasn't surprised that this happened, to be honest. I, I It didn't surprise me. I, obviously, there's risk, and, and this is something that could happen, and it did happen. And they just they never had a chance in this game. Final score was 31-3. to I don't have any further comments on that, but I just hope uh, all the Broncos QBs get well. All right. Uh, next game, Chiefs Buccaneers. We had, I guess you could say, the current goat and the guy who I think will be the goat when it's all said and done. We had the Chiefs taking on the Buccaneers. Man, we saw Tyree Kill absolutely have a monster game. He had over 200 yards in the first quarter, which was absolutely absurd. I don't know what Todd Bowles was doing. I don't know why there was no safety help over the top. I'm not getting it. It doesn't make sense. Uh, this game did get ugly, but I do got to applaud the Buccaneers for not laying down as they've done in previous games, a la the last game against the Saints. They just absolutely laid down once they got down early. But in this game, man, they showed some resilience. Gronk had a nice game. Uh, Mike Evans had a solid game. Uh, Chris Godwin as well. Um, what were your takeaways in this game outside of Tyreek Hill and just Patrick Mahomes looking great? Um, the Buccaneers defense, I can say that I think they have a problem. This has been back-to-back weeks where they gave up big games to wide receivers. And not only Tyreek Hill, but last week they gave up a big game to not only Cooper Cup, but Robert Woods as well. They both had 10-plus catches. And that might be a huge problem when it comes to playoff time where they might have to go against the Cardinals or maybe even a Seattle. Who we know they have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins a bunch of great deep ball receivers and it's just like they haven't been able to defend that well so we'll right. see how it goes right uh, Sunday night we had the Packers and Bears don't really want to talk about this one uh, the Bears just didn't show up and then on Monday night tonight we have the Eagles and the Seahawks and then we have the Ravens and Steelers postponed again to Wednesday uh, we know pretty much their entire team is on the COVID list Lamar Jackson uh, Mark Andrews just got on there. Matthew Judon, J.K. Matthew Bobby, Judon, I believe they just—I believe he just came off though. Mark Ingram, all of those guys did get a Willie Sneed. Uh, I'm sure some people will be back, but I just don't know exactly who. We just gotta see. And that's it for Week 12. I want to move on to the association. I want to talk about the NBA, and we had the NBA draft. November the 18th, so just 12 days ago. And let's talk about it briefly, man. The number one pick was Anthony Edwards. Uh, it wasn't to too many people's surprise, even though he did say some questionable things <laughs> about him not really loving the game of basketball. We saw James Wiseman get picked at number two. We also saw LaMelo Ball get drafted at three. Um, what were your thoughts on the overall NBA draft? I don't really have too much to say. Definitely just wanted to get your take on it, your spin on it, and what you thought about it. Um, there's three guys in this draft that I feel like were complete steals, and that was Tyrese Halliburton in the 12 to the Kings. Maxi, Tyrese Maxi went 21 to the Sixers, so I think I'm mm-hmm. actually really scared of that pick because if he if he develops nicely, he could be like around like a 16, 17-point-per-game scorer, and he can also yeah. take the ball off of Ben Simmons' hands. Uh-huh. And um, 
Tyrell Terry, he went 31st to Magic. And I, that's a guy I really wanted the Celtics to draft when he was 30th and he was 26th pick. Well, as you know, they didn't take him. And Tyrell Terry could absolutely shoot the lights out. He could be a great player next to Luka. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We did have some bad news that happened before the draft. Klay Thompson uh, will be out for the season again. And definitely prayers up to Klay Thompson. I, you know, I thought the Warriors but were going to be primed to at least compete, definitely make the playoffs. Now I'm not sure if they even make it. Um, so prayers up to Klay Thompson, man. It's definitely devastating. Uh, but I want to talk about, now I want to talk about free agency, man. And big shout out to LaMelo Ball. I did want him to get drafted by the Hornets. He did get drafted by them. I'm definitely excited to see what happens with the Hornets. Let's talk about free agency, man. The Lakers, they, they traded their pick and they acquired Dennis Schroeder um, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. They traded Danny Green. Danny Green then got shipped around to the Sixers. But uh, we had the Lakers, man. They look like the winners in free agency, getting Dennis Schroeder, getting Montrez Harrell. I'm signing Wesley Matthews. I like that pick. Um, bringing back Contavious Caldwell Pope, picking up Marcus Saul. I said a couple of weeks ago, I said on the podcast right after they won the championship, I said they cannot bring this team back. Cannot bring this exact team back. They got to retool it. And... They did better than I even thought they were going to do. <laughs> like, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't have guessed it. Then a Schroeder, I guess, that, that's a, a move I could have saw. But Montrez Hill, I didn't see that move coming at all. And I'm sure you didn't either. Uh, we also had the Chris Paul getting traded to the Phoenix Suns. We saw Kelly Oubre get traded to the Thunder, then traded to the Warriors. He found out while he was working out at the Suns facility. We had the Sixers making some moves. They got that Al Horford contract out of there. They got Dwight Howard now. They got Seth Curry, Danny Green, as I mentioned uh, just a short while ago. And Gordon Hayward moves on to the Hornets. What else am I missing? Um, Ibaka to the Clippers. Ibaka to the, Serge Ibaka to the Clippers. Marcus Morris signed a huge deal with the Clippers. Marcus, yep. Marcus Morris was, was retained by the Clippers. Fred Van Vliet was retained by the Toronto Raptors. Um, Jeremy Grant got paid. Shout out to Jeremy. Um, the business I, made some questionable moves. This yeah, the nut for the Nuggets. Uh, I, I we were just talking about this off the air. They're definitely banking on Bo Bo to hit. They're banking on Michael Porter Jr. to hit. Um. Oh, I forgot about the Bucks. The Bucks they acquired Drew. Oh, Hall. they traded for Drew. Hall, they had to give up a massive haul to get him. But if you want to appease the reigning two-time MVP, I guess you got to make some moves. Maybe even overpay. I feel like that's it. As far the as Pelicans traded for Stephen Adams. Yeah, Pelicans acquired Stephen Adams. Uh, they re-signed Brandon Ingram as well. Uh, Jason Tatum got a max. Jason Tatum got the max. Um, Donovan Mitchell got the max. Got paid. Donovan Mitchell got paid. Um, shout out to all those guys for getting paid, man. You definitely, definitely, truly love to see it. What's next? What's next? Um, real quick, I just wanted to talk. I just wanted to uh, talk about the Mike Tyson Roy Jones exhibition. Um, real quick, I thought it was cool, man. It ended up going to a draw. I thought Mike Tyson won it, but it ended up going to a draw. Now everybody trolling Nate Robinson for getting knocked out. Um, I just, I just wanted to throw that in there real fast. Um. Is that it? 
college basketball is back in the fold. I think that's it. I feel like that's it, man. I'm pretty sure that's it. I'm pretty sure that is it, man. Uh, we, I got, well, Bink has helped me work on what you guys are going to eventually see. I'm still in the, gonna, in the process of working on it, but uh, he'll be featured on that second half of the episode. But I just wanted to have him on, uh, talk about some things that we haven't, well, that I haven't talked about because I, I haven't done an episode in a couple of weeks. But Bink, thank you so much for joining me on episode number 150. Obviously, the main treat and the dessert for this episode will be the second half. And I'm excited for you guys to check it out. It's definitely been a journey. And you guys are going to see the journey in full circle. But again, Bink, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. On episode man. 150. Episode number 150, man. We got so many more episodes to go. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I'm signing out for now. You guys are going to get the rest and see the rest in a little while. But uh, peace out to you guys, man. Uh, I, yeah, I can't even do my outro because this ain't even it. But thanks, guys. Thanks so much for watching this half of the episode. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to Curry in the Pot. My name is Mike Curry, and this is my first episode of my podcast. And uh, I'm going to be talking about sports, current events, mainly sports. But uh, I just want everybody to listen, listen to what I got to say. And my first sleeper is going to be Cooper Cup, the wide receiver from Eastern Washington. Uh, he's been outstanding most of his collegiate career. I know he plays in the FCS, but as a freshman, this guy was a monster. He had, he had 93 catches, almost 1,700 receiving yards, and 21 touchdowns as a freshman, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's like the Carson Wentz of wide receivers, honestly. For his career, he has 73 touchdowns, 428 catches, and 6,464 receiving yards. He has an NFL comparison to Jarvis Landry. They pretty much, they have a lot of comparisons if you look at the film. But I think he compares well because both aren't, you know, crazy athletic. But they, they can run routes pretty well. So Cooper Cup is a name to watch out for. Uh, maybe a day two guy. Uh, also, my second sleeper is Buda Baker. The safety out of Washington. Honestly, Washington has been producing some great players lately. Uh, mainly on the defensive end. In 2015, they had three first-round picks, including Marcus Peters, Shaq Thompson, and Danny Shelton, uh, all who are playing just fine. Marcus Peters is an all-pro defensive back on the Kansas City Chiefs. So that, that's some insight right there. But Buda Baker, he has a player comparison. In my opinion, he plays just like Earl Thomas. So if he doesn't go first round, he's a steal, honestly. Because the guy can play, he has some great some great ball skills. He can pretty much play that center field role at safety, at free safety. So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. I also want to talk about an uh, interesting player. A lot of people want to know where I think Deshaun Watson may uh, wind up. I think he's in play uh, at number 12 to the Browns. That could be a potential landing spot. I think a perfect fit. Probably would be with the Houston Texans at pick number 25. Bill O'Brien has said that, that he's, he loves Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has said he enjoyed his visit with the Texans. That's going to be a good pick. I, I really, I'm really curious to see where he falls. 
Another quarterback I wanted to highlight is Mitchell Trubinsky, the quarterback from North Carolina, who only started 13 games last year. I think he's a project. I think if you get if he gets drafted by a good organization, you know, like the Saints, the Cardinals, that he could you know groom behind. He could be groomed behind a Carson Palmer or a Drew Brees. That would be perfect. But I think teams are going to reach for him. I mean, he he has a lot. He has a lot of potential, a lot of upside, but he's not ready right now. He's more of a project. And another interesting quarterback is Pat Mahomes. One of my probably one of my favorite quarterbacks in the draft. He probably is my favorite. Pat Mahomes, the quarterback from Texas Tech. This guy has a rocket, man. He has a cannon. I think he will have a top five arm in the NFL. Honestly, as soon as he comes in. He he could sling. He could definitely sling the rock. The Texans would be a good landing spot for him. But if the Cardinals can draft him and let him develop behind Carson Palmer, that would be great. But Pat Mahomes is a guy that everybody should keep an eye on. I'm gonna go to losers, then I'm gonna hop back over to winners. My loser is the team I just mentioned before the 49ers, the Chicago Bears. They gave up a lot of picks just to trade up one spot to take Miss Trebinsky. A guy that would have been there if they didn't even trade up. The 49ers guy all along was Solomon Thomas. So the Bears probably could have, gra- could have grabbed Trubisky at three. But they did not. They traded up. They gave away a third and a fourth and a future third, as I mentioned before, which was not a good idea. Mr. Trubisky is more of a, a project guy. He can develop in the right system or behind the right QB. But more so the right system, as Pat Mahomes is going to be doing with the Chiefs. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But I do not like the pick. The pick was awful. The Bears just signed Mike Glennon in free agency. They paid him like a starter. And they just gave away a third and a fourth round pick when they could have used those picks to perhaps get some more weapons. All you really have is Jordan Howard on the offense. Sean Jeffrey departed and went to the Eagles. So what do you really have besides Zach Miller, only person I could think of? So what do the Bears have? Uh, they are my first loser. They're the biggest loser for me. I'm going to head back to winners, and I'm going to talk about my team, the Washington Redskins, who perhaps, in my opinion, I think they had the steal of the draft, taking Jonathan Allen, the defensive player. He, play, he plays DM, but he can also play any any spot on the defensive line from Alabama, and that was a great pick. Uh, many teams were scared because of shoulder arthritis issues, but also there was a run of skill position players like like one we haven't seen in a long time, which means which is the reason why he fell and uh, he fell right into the Redskins lap. It was a perfect pick. The Redskins have needs at D line and he's a great football player. Many mock drafts a few months ago had Jonathan Allen as the best player, but he was a top three talent all along, a top five talent at worst, and I think the Redskins got themselves such a good player at 17 at that. My next loser is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're my they're a loser on my list because they drafted John Ross at number nine. Listen, I don't think John Ross is a bad player. The Bengals had other needs such as inside linebacker. I thought... Maybe they would draft Ruben Foster, but they didn't. I don't think John Ross is a bad player, but I don't think he was a first-round talent. Uh, the guy has blazing speed. I knew there would be a team that would fall in love with his combine. He had an outstanding combine. 
even broke Chris Johnson's combine record with the 4-2-2. But I don't think that was a good pick. I mean, obviously they need somebody alongside AJ Green, but he's more of a gadget player in my my opinion. And the Bengals could have got a gadget player in the third or fourth round, let's say. Moving back to the winner's circle, uh, I got the Kansas City Chiefs on my winner's list for making the trade, the trade up for Pat Mahomes. Honestly, the Chiefs don't have many holes in their team. Uh, they have a great defense. Uh, their offense is uh, their offense is good. Uh, Alex Smith is a is a is a decent QB. They have Jeremy Macklin. They have Tyreek Hill, who was phenomenal last year. They have Travis Kelsey, the big tight end. They don't really have too many flaws. I think Pat Mahomes is a good pickup because he can sit for a year and really develop and and grow in that system. And boy, he's gonna be a star in a few years. That guy has a cannon. So hats off to the Chiefs for making that selection. With that being said, I want to give credit when credit is due. I want to shout out to Isaiah Thomas, scoring 53 points. It was also, it also would have been his sister's 23rd birthday. And a moment like that, it's, it's nothing but God, honestly. I want to play a soundbite for you real quick. Very much, Isaiah. This coming from man, where is this coming from? It's my sister. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday! She would have been 23 today. So everything I do is for her, and she's watching over me. So that's all her. This was one of the most physical, hotly contested games. You and John Wall going at it. People flying on the floor. You hit your face. Ubre hit his face. All kinds of things. What got you guys back in the game and got you to the win? We took pride in defense. We got stops. The whole first half, they were ISOing us and taking us, and we didn't have no pride. Second half, especially the fourth quarter, we got our best defender back at Avery Bradley, and we played great one-on-one defense, and we, we executed on the offensive end, and we got the win. They threw every combination. They threw every guy at you. Fourth quarter and overtime, you dominated. I know that you think nobody can guard you, but what were you looking at and what were you seeing? I mean, y'all know what time it is. When, it, when it's that time, it's time for me to be aggressive. My coaching staff and my, my players put me, I mean, my teammates put me in position to, 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 to be successful. And I just try to make the right play each and every time down, whether that's a score or get, get, get a teammate open for, for them to score. But you were still a little nervous when Wall and Bill got those two shots at the end of regulation, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah, they're, they're hell of a player. So they, those are shots they usually make. So, yeah, I was a little nervous. But once we got in overtime, I knew the game was ours. Isaiah, I, the whole NBA community is, is in your corner. You know that. We know how tough these last couple of weeks have been, and we, especially this weekend. Where are, where are you finding not only the strength to play but to excel in this hotly contested environment? My family, my, my friends, they tell me to just keep going. My sister wouldn't want me to stop. The only thing about it is once I leave this gym, I hit reality and she's not here. So that's the that's the tough part. But when I'm when I'm in this when I'm in this arena, I can I can lock in and, and I know everything I do is for her. Say thank you for your time and congratulations. So real quick, Tristan Thompson. The Cavaliers paid you all that money to do one thing, one thing only, to grab boards. And you had four rebounds in game one of the NBA Finals? Did you forget what stage you were on? Four rebounds? 
one, two, three, four rebounds? You only had four more rebounds than me, and I'm not even playing. What's up with that? After Lonzo Ball was selected, of course we heard from his father, LeVar Ball. I thought he was absolutely hilarious all night. I'm going to play his soundbite real quick. LeVar here, and LeVar, you, you already got the Lakers hat. I'm trying to tell you, I knew this was happening before it was happening. When did you get this hat made? Uh, when he was a baby. What's it like now that this has come to fruition for you? You've been talking about it for nine months. Nine months? You're talking about 19, 20 years. All right, 19, 20 years. You had a microphone on me when I was talking about it. What's it like right now that he is an L.A. Laker? It's a wonderful feeling. But I already knew what was coming to him. I got two more boys. I got to come do the same thing two more years. So you're going to get them to the Lakers too. How? The big ball away. Ball control. Philly is how good is Lonzo Ball going to be for the L.A. Lakers? Hey, I'm going to tell you what. Lonzo Ball is going to take the Lakers to the playoffs his first year. Come see me when he does. I have another hat on to say I told you so. Thanks a lot, LeVar. Congrats. Yo, listen. LeVar Ball is absolute comedy. I think he's great entertainment. But I have to disagree. As a Los Angeles Lakers fan, I know it's it's a crazy fan base, but I've always prided myself on being a very realistic fan. And I have to disagree. The Lonzo Ball will not take the Lakers to the playoffs. Uh, next signing. Signing I really love. And no, it's not about the Lakers. I know y'all thinking that. But he played for the Lakers. My boy Nick Young, Swaggy P, signed with the Warriors. That's right, Swaggy P running up the budget. I really like this signing. Nick Young averaged 13 points for the Lakers last year, and he appeared in 60 games. Listen, Nick Young has always been one of my favorite players from the D.C. area. He was drafted by the Wizards back in 2007. He's bounced around a little bit, you know, went from the Wizards. He got traded to the Clippers, then spent a long season in Philadelphia before returning back home to his hometown in Los Angeles and playing for the Lakers. For four seasons. I really like Nick Young, but I think he's great with the Warriors. Like, this team already won a championship and they loaded up. Nick Young coming off the bench with Livingston and Iguodala. And they also signed Omri Caspi. And if they re sign JaVale McGee, like, listen, that's a crazy, that's a crazy bench. That bench could be a starting lineup, okay? So Golden State is loaded up, signing Nick Young. And, of course, they had to because Nick Young is the only person in the NBA that knows the secret to beating the Warriors. Okay, what are your thoughts about taking on the, the world champs on Tuesday? Um, you know, we're just going to listen to um, some facts. You know, Kanye West, yeah. <laughs> Listen to some facts from who? By Jesus, you know, he jumped over jump, man. So um, we're gonna listen to that. And, um, probably some cash money, hot boys. The block is hot, you know, and we're gonna do our thing. So let's fast forward real quick to the tournament, and everybody knows 135 teams have fallen, but you guys, you yep. and BC. Got over the hump and made history. You were a huge catalyst in that game. You were 9 for 11 from the field, and you led the way with 28 points. Talk to me about that game. 
we knew that game was going to be a tough one. Uh, I mean, I know the score says we beat them by 20, but it was a tough game. Uh, we prepared we prepared extremely well uh, the week coming up to the game. And we just went into that game believing in one another and, and very confident. We knew we had to be confident going to that game and believe in one another. And that that's what we did. And I think it showed up on that court. But once we, once we got it going, it was hard to look back. So everybody was hitting that game. Definitely. Everybody was hitting, man. I, I, everybody was in total shock. I, I knew what you were capable of, but the world didn't. So talk to me about, you know, the experience as a whole of being in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, you know, people like me can only imagine of playing in a type of environment like that. So just talk to me about the experience, man. It's an incredible experience, man. I mean, I, I think every athlete, you know, if they get the chance, they should they should definitely experience. I know it has to do with which if you win it or not, but it's definitely an experience you wanna you wanna you wanna go through for your college years. But just meeting meeting a lot of NBA old stars, uh people that's gonna be NBA stars, being like big players from teams, um, seeing great coaches, and just that atmosphere is crazy. It's, it's you you play in those big arenas sometimes if you play those high major schools, but that atmosphere there's nothing like the atmosphere of the NCAA tournament. Absolutely, it's it's a and it's a sporting event unlike no other, unlike no others. And on the line via Skype, I got DC United's own. This man was the 12th pick in the 2017 MLS Super Draft. This is my Damatha brother, class of 2013. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome my boy Chris Adoya Chim to the podcast. Chris, what's good, bro? What's good, Mike, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it, man. How you been doing? Uh, doing good, man. Doing real good, especially the last couple of weeks. Uh, but yeah, feeling good. And uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. Most deaf, most deaf. So... For the people that don't really know you and they don't really know what's been going on, but you recently just just overcame and beat something. This is amazing. This is only God's work, man. But you are a survivor of stage two Hodgkin's lymphoma, man. Uh, You know, that's all God's work. But for the people that don't know, I just wanted to let them know, man, you recently overcame this, man. Mm-hmm. So big shouts out to you. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, something I've been dealing with for like the past five months or so between uh, finding the tumor in my chest and getting a couple biopsies to starting chemotherapy for the past four months. But, you know, I just finished my last treatment of chemotherapy two weeks ago. I'm already in remission and I'm feeling good. So, guys, I have a very special guest on the line. Uh, for many of you guys in the DMV area, you know, this is really big. This is huge for me. But I got a former a former Gonzaga player, and he was all met in 1986. And he went on to play at Georgetown from 1987 to 1990. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Mr. Mark Tillman to the to the program. Mark, how's it going? Man, it's going good, man. I appreciate you. You know, having me on your show is an honor just to be on your show today to talk some basketball or whatever you want to talk about outside <laughs> of basketball. As you just touched on a little bit, you went to Georgetown at the height of Georgetown when Georgetown was really making a lot of noise and when it was, you know, getting a lot of recruits 
and you play for the legendary coach John Thompson. Just talk to me real quick about what it was like to play for the legendary coach himself. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you see, I'm laughing already. <laughs> I, I, I would say it was very interesting for me because, you know, I kind of grew up in his house. Okay. So for me to see one side of him, meaning seeing the father side of him being at home as opposed to seeing the coach side and seeing him in the gym was definitely night and day for me. And I had no idea what I was really embarking on um, once I decided to attend Georgetown University. And I do remember him saying that, you know, once I committed to him, because actually there's a story behind it if I have a little bit of time to. Okay, yeah, I'm sure, sure the audience would love to hear it. <laughs> well, I, I, as you mentioned earlier, that, you know, I was a Gonzaga guy, graduated from Gonzaga, you know, was highly recruited, was a McDonald's All-American. Um, so I had the opportunity to, you know, to pretty much go to any school around the country. But, mm-hmm. you know, my four schools that I had um, that were on my list was North Carolina was number one, uh, North Carolina was number two, North Carolina was number three, and Georgetown was number four. Okay. So I know you sitting there saying, wow, wow, how did you end up at Georgetown? And uh, yeah. you had one school that's your top three. And, <laughs> you know, when the late Dean Smith and the current coach, Roy Williams, came in into my home, uh, and my dad, I remember him asking, you know, the late Dean Smith, you know, what's the graduation percentage of your minority athletes? Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what the number was, but the number was, was low. And then I remember him asking, well, what's the graduation percentage of your athletes as a whole? So again, I don't remember what the number was, but I do know that the number wasn't pleasing for my, to my dad's ear. Right. So I said, man, I need to stop this ball from rolling down the hill. You know, this snowball is getting bigger and bigger. So I said, hey, dad, I said, hey, this is out. No, most of those guys end up going hardship. So maybe that's the reason why, you know, the numbers are not pleasing to your ears. And I just remember my dad saying, you know, I don't give a damn about hardship. I care about you graduating. Right. The right thing is there, I knew, Georgetown, here I come. Wow. So, yeah, so that's the story how I ended up at Georgetown. So then once I decided to to make that clear that I was going to go to Georgetown, so Ronnie Thompson, who was my childhood friend and a teammate, you know, I remember calling him probably around 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. He can, he can verify this for you. You got to get him on the show. <laughs> I would I definitely say, love to do that too. <laughs> I said, I said, hey, hey Ronnie, your dad home. He was like, nah, he's not here. I said, hey, you know what time to be home? We said, maybe 12.30, 12 o'clock, 12.30. So I said, hey, tell your father I'm coming. <laughs> so he's like, man, you better call back and tell him yourself. <laughs> so I ended up calling him back a little later and, and had telling him, you know, telling Coach Thompson that, you know, I would like to attend Georgetown University. And he asked me, how many visits did you get? I said, uh, did you get visits at the time. I don't know if it's still the same or not. Mm-hmm. But official visits, I should say. Right. And 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 um, he said, have you taken any visits? I said, no, I haven't taken any visits. So he said, well, I think you should take some of your visits. And he hung up on me. <laughs> so I was like, man. So I visited Villanova. Mm-hmm. So 
know, Roy Massimino was the coach. I can't remember who, I don't know if it was Doug West or anyone else. I can't remember exactly who it was that was. Oh, I had a good time at Villanova. And, uh, called Coach back. Still had my heart set on going to Holy Land. And I said, Coach, <laughs> uh, I took a visit and, um, I still would like to attend George and Mercy. So, I'm not going to get too explicit on here because I don't know what your ratings are in terms of kids are. Listen, but I'm just going to say that uh, he, had, he said to me, uh, how many visits do you take? I said, one. He said, well, how many visits do you get? I said, five. He said, son, and I'm keeping it really clean, son, can you blankly, blank, explicit, explicit count? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I said, well, yes. I said, well, I think you need to take the rest of those visits. I'm hungry for me again. <laughs> so I'm like, man, this joke is crazy. So took another visit. I think it was to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget me, UCLA, I believe it was. Oh wow! And I tried to go to Hawaii, but they knew I wasn't going to come there, so that didn't happen. Right. So then I um, called Coach back. Hey, Coach. Took my visit. I said, but before you hang up on me, um, I only took three visits in total. I know I have a total of five, two left. But there's nowhere else I want to go. And if I'm taking these visits, I'm only just taking just to satisfy you in terms of how many I have to take. Right, and he and he said to me, "Well, you know, it's going to be like playing for your father." And it didn't resonate mm-hmm. at the moment, and um, and he told me to be quiet, don't say nothing to nobody. I tell you when you can announce it. So uh, when I was able to announce it, is when um, the night of the Capitol Classic that I played back in '86, and that's when I was uh, able to announce that I was. You know, going to be attending your take version. So now we're getting into. You asked me the question of what was it like playing for Coach Thompson. So mm-hmm. you just got a, a tip of the iceberg, right? Of what yeah. I was about to embark on. Mm-hmm. But I can say that man, my four years there was great. Yes, he was hard on. Yes, my name was not the government name of Mark Tillman. It was the Mofo name, but you know, like <laughs> our Mofo and. Um, I just remember I don't know if it was the first day or second day of practice and he was cutting somebody out cutting somebody out I'm like man who who we talking to and I'm looking around looking around and we find a lot of eyes and he said Mofo I am talking to you alright ladies and gentlemen on the line I have wow this is this is such an honor but on the line I have former All Met. I have former Damatha alumni. I have former Maryland Terp alumni. I have former NBA player, former overseas player, and now current college basketball analyst, Mr. Adrian Branch. Adrian, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks for having me, Michael. Thank you. So I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about you. So you played at Maryland from 1981 and 1985, and I know you had a couple of Sweet 16 appearances. Could you talk to me real quick about some of your experiences in the tournament? Yeah, our best year was 84, 1984, when we won the ACC championship. That's when Lynn Bias 
was uh, a sophomore and he was starting to become uh, Lynn Bias. So mm-hmm. we were we were competitive. We were hungry. We beat Duke and Coach K. That was really his first, the beginnings of his first great teams with Johnny Dawkins, Coach Johnny Dawkins, Jay Billis, and Tommy Amaker. But we didn't want them. We wanted North Carolina. We were sorry that them punks lost. <laughs> we wanted Michael Jordan, Kenny the Jet Smith, and uh, Brad Doherty. They were a great team, but man, we were chomping at the bit to whip their tail. And if I wasn't a man of God, I'd be saying something stronger than that. But I'm 55, so let me leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So speaking of Lynn Bias, I had another question to ask you, and you know, you guys played on the same team for three years. So I just wanted you to talk about, you know, what was it like playing with the late great Lynn Bias and also off the court with the late great Lynn Bias? Yeah, that was my man. He, I lived in Sea Pleasant in Largo and he lived in Columbia Park. So his mm-hmm. freshman year was my sophomore year and I would pick him up on Sundays because freshmen really couldn't have cars on campus at the time. So uh, after uh, the freshman, his freshman year, I'd have Sunday dinner at my house and he, Mrs. Bias and Mr. Bias, and I'd come by and scoop him up and we'd ride up to campus. Uh, Lenny was a heck of a competitor. Uh, In fact, I went to St. Margaret's, the Catholic school, and then I went to the Massa High School. Mm -hmm. But if I went to the neighborhood public school, he and I would have been at Greenbelt Junior High School together. and we would have been in the same junior high school and then we would have been playing against each other in the public school because my neighborhood went to Bowie uh, and he went to Northwestern. Right. So we were rivals when he first came to campus, even though he was a year behind me. And I was like, Lynn, look, nobody was really going hardship like that. I was like, we're going to be here for three long years together. <laughs> we're just going to have to get along and, and, and crack some heads. And he was like, bought in and was like, man, that's good. Let's do it. So they were calling us the killer bees, branch and body. Oh, okay. uh, and, and and they always say was was he as good as Michael Jordan? Well, one thing, Bobby Knight, the great legendary coach that uh, trained up, uh, what was it, uh, Coach K? Mm-hmm. He said that the best players he had seen in 1986. He said the best players he had seen in 20 years was uh, Michael Jordan and Lynn Bias. So you could build a case from that. And, and you figure in 20 years, the great David Thompson had played, Magic Johnson had played, Larry Bird has played. So he's probably saying he's, he was the greatest basketball player he's seen since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he was a leaper, 6'8 strong, didn't have much of a floor game where he was going to go coast to coast and dunk on you. But one or two dribbles, like Dominic Wilkins, and he was going to hurt some feelings. Mm-hmm. My dad told me, he, I think he came out of high school the year before or the year after you, but he told me that you were the first person he ever saw throw a self-alley-oop in a game. He, he told me that. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? That was against McNamara, DeMatha and McNamara, uh, 1981. Uh-huh. Um, and went down on the fast break. And it was late in the game. They were going to sub me out. In fact, I didn't start that game. So I had a bone to pick with Coach Morgan Wooten. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, a, I, was a, I was hard, man. I was a, I was a, I was a real headache. Uh, and, and so I said, man, I'm going to show this dude. So it was a two-on-one and got to the free throw line and surprised those jokers by throwing the ball off the backboard, catching and dunking it. Uh, Todd, uh, Todd Bozeman, 
<laughs> was, was that that was the year Todd Bozeman was at that game. So okay. he was a McNamara dude. But George Michael Sports ran that thing over and over and over. And so they called it the high school dunk of the year. And man, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, well, thank you so much, Mr. Branch. I thank you so much for your time and all your great stories, man. I really, really appreciate you coming on. Well, keep up the good work, brother, and, and congratulations for what you're doing. A man's gifts make room for him, so when you got talent, your talent makes room for you. Thank you, thank you so much. You have a blessed one. All right. You too. So I had a great time talking uh, NFL draft with B. Jones and uh, Bank. I want to thank them for coming on again. But I want to transition into the NBA, but I will not be making this transition alone. So to help me make this transition, hey, this is monumental. This is monumental, low key. But uh, for the first time ever, ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a female co-host come on the show. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Miss Tykira Carter. She's going to come on the show, and we're going to talk some NBA playoff action. Tykira, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. So we gotta, um, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta start with last night. We gotta start with last night. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we saw we saw Damian Lillard called the series. Uh, what was your reaction seeing that? Well, did you stay up and see it? You you stayed up and saw the whole thing? Yes, I had to. He was going off too crazy. I, I literally screamed. I was like, oh my gosh, the disrespect, the step back <laughs> in your face, Paul George, almost at the half court line, three for game. I was, was crazy. Crazy. I, was, I was like in awe. Yeah, it was crazy. I had dozed off. And then uh, my dad came in my room. He's like, Mike, Mike. Like Damian Lillard just hit a game winner. I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I had to rewind it, and I seen it for myself, and I'm like, oh man. But honestly, that was that was one of the best games I have seen from like start to finish in a long time, especially for a playoff game. Uh, you know, it was really good back and forth from start to finish. It was a really good game. Most definitely, and it was you know the fourth quarter. Portland gets down. I think their biggest deficit was 13. And I just, at that point, I was like, they've been doing so well and they've been meshing and they've been, it's been such a back and forth game. I didn't know where the game was going to go at all. So that's why, you know, the game winner just caught me off guard. Cause I'm like, he going to call it three. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's a two. And what was smart about the shot, obviously it went in, but it was the fact that, OKC okay, couldn't get the ball back at that point. So he didn't even give them the chance to try to go to overtime, draw something up, you know. Right. So I thought that was very important as well in taking that big time shot, you know, the the confidence, the IQ, and the fact that, hey, the series is over. The 13-year-old phenom here. Mike, you had 100 episodes. Congratulations. Thank you for having me on the show so many times. and. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Episode number 100 of Curry in the Pot. You guys hear that, man? Episode number 100 is here. Uh, it's been a long road, it's been a long journey, man. I can't even believe I'm here. Can't really. Describe or put into words how it feels to be at this point. 
kind of feel like I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like I never would have got here. Like, it's just crazy to think that I started this in late March of 2017. And I probably should have been at 100, first of all. But to to think and to start a podcast, I just couldn't really fathom of getting this far. It's like, wow. But then, like, the episodes just started piling up. You get in the 60s, you get in the 70s, you get in the 80s. And then it really hit me when I got into the 90s. I'm like, wow, like. 100 is really here. I've been Steph Curry with the shot, been cooking with the sauce, Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 117 of Curry in the Pot. I'm back again. I'm back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back here with another episode. And um, I really want to thank everybody that tuned in to episode number 116. Um... It was a tribute about Kobe Bryant, but I was really just giving my thoughts. I honestly was in shambles when I recorded it. I just wanted to get stuff that was all on my heart, honestly. I literally just wanted to pay homage to my favorite player um, ever, my favorite celebrity, public figure, athlete, all of the above, all of that stuff. I really just wanted to pay tribute while it was on my heart and while it was fresh. But before we get into this week's episode, I have my final tribute and my final goodbye to Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, Again, rest in peace to him, his daughter Gigi, and all the other victims um, that were a part of that tragedy, that helicopter accident uh, on Sunday. So I do want to share this tribute with you guys. And after the tribute, I will hop into the Super Bowl preview and I will give my thoughts, the tale of the tape on both teams. And who I think is going to win. I'm looking forward to a very exciting Super Bowl. We'll have a Super Bowl party at my house. Um, but before we get into that, man, uh, here's my final goodbye to Kobe Bryant. Um, I don't, I'm not going to say this is the last time I will talk about Kobe. That's probably going to be kind of hard. But this will probably be the last time I address it. And Because I'm starting to feel more at peace. I'm still in shock, still in disbelief. But I'm starting to feel very, very good and starting to feel better. Again, thanks to everybody who reached out to me. Um, just to check in, ask why was I okay? Because I had a tough week, man. I had a tough week. I found myself waking up in the middle of the night, a couple of nights, just crying. I just couldn't believe it, man. He he really touched my heart. It really felt like I knew him. And like I said, man, me and Kobe, I was born in 95. He came into the league in 96. We watched him grow up and I kind of like grew up with him. You know what I'm saying? We all did. Everybody that's in my generation knows what I'm talking about. But yeah, man, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this very special tribute that I have prepared to the late, great Kobe Bean Bryant. It consists of sound bites of him just dropping gems. It also consists of some highlights, some of my favorites, and just some very great calls by some great people in sports. So, man, please enjoy. Sit back. Uh, I don't want to guarantee this, but. This tribute will definitely give you chills. But I hope you guys enjoy, man. I, I prepared this all by myself. So hope you guys enjoy. I hope you guys enjoy episode 117. Um, what I've learned is to, to to always keep going. Always. You know, there's, there's been times, particularly early in my career, where it just feels like this is the end. Um, but what I've come to find out is that, you know, no matter what happens, the storm eventually ends. When the storm does end, you want to make sure that you're ready. 
And so I've really learned to put one foot in front of the other, uh, good, bad, and different, because eventually that storm passes. I mean, here's the thing, it's like, you know, it's competitiveness, yes, but it's a simple um, theory or, or idea to live life by. If you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. No matter what it is, if you're gonna do it, do it to the best of your ability. If you love what you do and it's making you happy, all the hard work and perseverance will pay off. I once had a guidance counselor tell me that I shouldn't play basketball, that it would never amount to anything for me. His negativity towards me made me strong. You can't stop people from trying to limit your dreams, but you can stop it from becoming a reality. Your dreams are up to you. I encourage you to always be curious, always seek out things you love, and always work hard once you find them. Artest continues to dribble. Bryant from way downtown. Bang! Kobe Bryant again! 17 points in the period, and we're just mid- Four on our test. We are watching a show. Bad help by Pierce. Late recovery. And Dwayne Wade is saying, that's a bad man, mama. To Wade on the penetration. Kicks it back out to Bryant. Bryant puts up the three. That's good. Kobe Bryant from downtown. And the foul. Walton can tip it. Bryant with the save. Now you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! Might want to trade him. Man, I should be trying to get him. Bring that. Oh, Kobe Bryant! Double team O'Neal, Horn, Fisher, nice rotation of Bryant, buckle up for Kobe Kobe Bryant just sucked the gravity out of the target center, what a play! Denied for the Hornets, gives them confidence, opens up the floor, the double team Gasol, now the single coverage by Landry, Ariza dropped down, Kobe, oh, a play, down hard, Kobe Bryant! Reason. Kobe Bryant oh! with a left-handed sledgehammer. What bad wheel. He's taken it twice and shoved it right down their throat. Going one with the right. Crawford poking at You're playing against the Golden State Warriors. Score is 107-109. You guys are close to getting into the playoffs. You know exactly what happens in the game. You go up, you're about to take your shot, and then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. Achilles happens, right? He went and hit the free throws, and then you walked off the stage. Yeah. You got the surgery done. I, I went in the trainer's room, my kids are in there. And, you know, they're looking at you and stuff, and I'm looking at them, and I'm like, you know, it's all right. Dad's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. It'll be fine. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. It'll be all right. And as a parent, you got to set the example. You got to set the example. This, this is another obstacle. This obstacle cannot define me. It's not going to cripple me. It's not going to be responsible for me stepping away from the game that I love. I'm going to step away on my own terms. And that's when the decision was made that, you know what, I'm doing it. Doing it. And the Lakers 
close out Kobe Bryant's career with a win and one of the great farewell performances in any sport at any time authored by one of the NBA's all-time greats Kobe Bryant 60 points 23 in the fourth quarter of his farewell game thank you thank you from the bottom of my heart I, God, I love you guys and uh I love you guys and my family to my family my wife Vanessa our daughters Natalia and Gianna you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice you know for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training and Vanessa you holding down the family the way that you have I, I, I can't there's no way that I can thank you enough for that so yeah, from the bottom of my heart thank you and uh, what can I say Mamba out. Man, what a what a career, what a life. Um, long live Kobe. That's all I really gotta say. And as you can see, I got my dad here. I got my OG with me. So, Dad, welcome back to the show. It's been it's been quite some time. Yeah, it's been quite some time. Um, glad to be back. Well, I can say this. Uh, in the AAU style setting, mm-hmm. it's two. I think it's, it's two teams from each conference that can win. They can win it all. I think the Lakers and the Clippers and the Bucks, maybe the Celtics and the Raptors. You can't sleep on the Raptors. Yeah, I think those are the three. I, I, I think the Heat is a sleeper. It's just all about matchups. Mm-hmm. That's what that's that's what it's all about. That's what we're going to come down to. Final seconds here in this NBA season. The respect from those two. And that's it. It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble. And banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.